jump straight into it. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, Namtlanje, I will hear God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Still discovering who Jesus the Christ is. Last week we discovered that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And the week before that, we discovered Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. You remember? And last week it was at the hill of the, you know, Israelites celebrating the festival of tabernacles. I have to do a quick, you know, uh, update because last week we could not preach anything. I mean, the Holy Spirit just came, took over the service, and wasn't that awesome? He was awesome. And um, uh, at the the hill of the Feast of Tabernacles, from chapter number 7 of the book of John into chapter number 8, so here's what they would do. They would gather around uh, Jerusalem, and they would bring their torches and go up uh, the mountains to celebrate how God led them in the Old Testament with the light in the evening and with the cloud in the afternoon. And, the, uh, you know, history says the light would be seen as far as 100 kilometers away. And Jesus comes and he says, while you're celebrating this, let me let you know <laughs> that I am this light that led the children of Israel in the wilderness. And two things he said when he said that. The first thing he says is, I am. In other words, Jesus is declaring that he is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. He is the very express image of the Father. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. You have seen God. So Jesus Christ is 100% God. And this is the crossroads with many other religions. They have to accept that Jesus existed. They have to accept that he is the greatest man to ever live. They have to accept that he is the greatest teacher to ever walk the earth. The most awesome person to ever walk the face of. But if there's one thing they cannot accept, it is the fact that Jesus Christ is God. And that's what distinguishes what we do and what they do. Amen? And Jesus took it a step further in John chapter number 10 uh, today from verse 7. He said, then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am... Someone say, I am. am. Now, again, he's saying Yahweh. He's saying, you're looking at God. And then he's also saying, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. In other words, whoever came and said they were the Messiah were just nothing but a thief and a robber. Jesus is the truth. I know in, in the spirit of tolerance, oh, you know, pastor, all, all roads lead to God. There's only one God, but we have this different. No, no, Jesus is saying, I am the door. The door. Not one of the many doors. The doors. And he's not offering you a religion. He's offering you a relationship. He says, I am the door of the sheep. Whoever came before me, thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, He will be saved. 
and will go in and out and find pasture. That's awesome. He's not talking about going in and out of salvation. He's talking about freedom, the liberty that you find when you enter in through the right door. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I come that they may have what? Life, and that they may have it how? More abundantly. Three things we learn from, you know, Jesus saying is the door. The first one is that a door speaks of an access point. You know, without the door, we all wouldn't have made it in here. And similarly, you cannot make it into the kingdom of God without going through the door of accepting in your heart. That Jesus Christ is the Lord. Amen. Amen. Believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth and you shall be saved. Amen. You know, I was saying in the first service that there's a difference between people outside and people inside of any building. You know, I used to go and watch uh, uh, football a lot. And uh, there's a difference between people inside the stadium and those outside. The ones outside can hear the sounds, the yeah, the gold, the, but they cannot fully witness what is going on. And similarly, man, if you are not in Christ, you will hear of other people's testimony and how awesome it is to be a child of God, but you can never fully taste and see that the Lord is good. You can never fully experience it or manifest it because you have to be on the inside. And here's what's awesome about being on the inside and, you know, Jesus being the door. Is that, man, to come into this place, you don't even need an appointment. You don't need a ticket. In fact, heaven only takes walk-ins. Those that just walk in. says, let us go in boldly into the throne room of grace. Man, you can just come in. And experience this true salvation. He says, I am the door. And whoever comes in through this door shall receive salvation. That word for salvation is sozo or soterio. The only way to salvation is Jesus Christ. The Bible says in uh, 1 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 5, For there is one God. Someone say one. <laughs> it's only one God. And it says, and one mediator. Between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Only one. And Jesus is that man. Hallelujah. So he says, those that come in through the door shall receive salvation. That's verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will be sozod. What does that word mean? It means to be delivered from eternal damnation. Might as well bring it up. I'm not a fire and brimstone preacher, but if you don't have Jesus in your heart, you're going to hell. <laughs> you know, I'm a nice guy. I like to preach nice things. But let me, let me tell you, if you are not coming through this door, you're going to hell. The only way to receive salvation is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. That whosoever believes in what? In him shall not be perished, but they shall have Eternal life. They won't be destroyed. But you're going to have to believe for you to be saved from hell. You know, I know in the spirit of tolerance, oh man, everybody's going to be, oh no, 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 no. If you don't have Jesus, you will be in hell. Where it burns forever and ever. And, but even the burning is not the issue. The fire is not even the issue. The real issue is you'll be separated from God. 
the very essence of life forever. Okay, all right. That didn't go over so well. But you are saved. Not of your own works, but because of Jesus. And you are going to be in heaven. Amen? The other uh, meanings, synonyms for the word salvation in the Greek sozo is prospered. It says, whoever comes in through this door shall receive prosperity. You know, whenever you say the word prosperity, people quickly think about money. Money included. Man, if you come in through the door of Jesus, he will bless you. And you will have lots of mucho dinero. Because he wants you to be a blessing. Amen? I said amen. amen. So you prosper you financially. You prosper you relationally. You prosper you in your career. You prosper you in your health. You prosper everything that you do. You also deliver you from life-threatening situations. It also means healing. You also receive healing. And it also means to be made whole. Amen? The third thing I want you to see about uh, the doors is that doors bring about a separation. Let us go now to Genesis chapter number 7 from verse 15. Genesis chapter number 7 verse 15. And it says in verse 15, And when they went into the ark to Noah, two by two, of all flesh in which is the breath of life, so those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. This is the cutoff I was talking about. We're in the dispensation of grace, but there's coming a time where it's called a time of reckoning, where God wants to know who did you choose. Actually, God is not sending you to hell when you go to hell. You actually chose, and God is honoring your free will. Because it says, whosoever shall choose this door shall be saved. Whosoever shall choose Jesus the Christ shall receive salvation. Whoever doesn't has chosen something else. Amen? Let us go back to John chapter number 10, now from verse 11. So he says, I am the door. And he says something else in verse 11. He says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And he says, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not a shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Verse 13. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And he did. Verse 16. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Now Jesus, presently speaking, the Gentiles had not been and could not be a part of God's family. And he's talking about you and me. And he's saying, you and me, even though we were not a part of this fold, he said, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and they will be one flock and one shepherd. So Jesus here is declaring that he is the good shepherd. And he contrasts that with a hireling. The first thing you need to learn about a shepherd who is not a hireling is that 
The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. What does that mean? That means he protects his sheep. Amen? And you know, I always share this to you with our pastors. And I say, man, you need to emulate the good shepherd if you're going to be a good pastor. There's a difference between a good pastor and a hireling. A good pastor puts the needs of the sheep before his own personal needs. A good pastor is not all about. A hireling is basically someone who's working for a paycheck. And if you took away the paycheck, there wouldn't be a shepherd. Hallelujah. Man, if you took away the paycheck, they they don't want to be a shepherd. They're not called to be a shepherd. They don't want to do it. Let us go now to Jeremiah chapter number 3, verse 15. Let me show you something interesting. This little side trail. Jeremiah chapter number 3, verse 15. This is God speaking. And he's talking about the shepherds. You know, the true shepherd, the owner of the sheep, of the head, he is the one who selects who should be the shepherd of the sheep. And watch what he says in this verse. He says, and I will give you what? I didn't hear that. I did not hear that. According to who you vote for. Is that what he said? Now I want you to see something. I'm making a point here. Notice the first thing he says is, I will give to you pastors. Or shepherds, if you're reading in the New King James Bible. He says, I will give to you. And in correlation to Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 11. And he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Who is doing the giving? God is. And this is why in this church, we don't make anyone a pastor. We just confirm what God is already doing in your life. And we say, man, we already see it. You're already pastoring and loving people. You're already functioning in the office. And we just get together as presbytery and say, we see it. They are a pastor. Now, I have a lot of people come to me and say, pastor, why don't you make me a pastor? I can't do it. He is the one who gives to the church, the pastors. Do you see it? He says, I will give after my own heart. And not only does he tell them that, he also prescribes a diet that these pastors should feed the flock. And I want you to see, kissing babies is not part of this diet. And I have to preach it. And I'm mad at Pastor T because he never says hi to my children. It's not part of the diet. Do you see it? It's not part of the diet. He says, man, I'm going to call these cats, these pastors, and I have given them a job description, and their job description shall be to feed you with what? And what else? Have I been doing that? Then I get an A plus in heaven. Man, but if you try to measure me with all the other extracurriculum activities you expect the pastor to do, man, I'm not going to do any of that. You know why? Because when the time comes for performance review, a performance appraisal, <laughs> this is the scripture God is going to pull out. He says, man, I know you were kissing all the babies. I know you were buying cake for all the children at the church. I know you were doing all of this. But guess what? You didn't feed them with knowledge 
and understanding, therefore, you get an F plus. I don't want to get an F plus. This is why I have to feed the flock with what? Knowledge and what else? Understanding. That's what God has called us to do. Amen? Amen. What does the good shepherd do? If you're taking down notes, write this down. A good shepherd feeds his flock. Let us go now to Psalm 23, verse 1. Psalm 23, verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Did you see it? Man, when you make the Lord your good shepherd, when you make Jesus your good shepherd, you will never be in want. Why? Because he makes me to lie down in what? Green pastures. Man, if you ever, ever look for animals, herbivores, you know this. You want the green pastures. And he leads you besides the still waters. I like that word. L-E-A-D-S. You know how the, 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 the shepherds look after sheep in, in Israel and stuff? is different from how we look after cattle, uh, uh, cows. You know, when you're looking after cows, you go behind them. And, you know, you drive them. But when you're looking after sheep, you stand in front of them. And as you walk, sheep follow you. And he says, man, I'm leading and they must follow. Because I'm going to the what? To the green pastures. But as he leads, you must realize you have a free will whether to follow or not to follow. The question is, are you following? Because if you are following, you will find you will bump into some green pastures. Now, I don't know what happened, Pastor, but, you know, ever since I started following Jesus, you know, things are changing for the better. Why? Because you're following. And when you follow him, he leads you to the greener pastures. How do you get him to lead you? Uh, let's read Luke 6, verse 46. Luke 6, verse 46. This is how you get him to, to lead you. Amen? Luke chapter number 6, verse 46. Watch what it says. It says, but why do you call me what? What did he say in Psalm 23? The what? The Lord. Who is your shepherd? He's saying, if you ever decide to call me the Lord, then you should do something else that goes along with it. How many of you believe Jesus is the Lord? It's easy to say, but here's the qualifier. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I want? Man, it's easy to see whether Jesus is your Lord or not. Check if you are listening to his instructions in the areas, the untapped areas of your life. You know, Jesus said, uh, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Well, you see, there they go again. They're trying to make us slaves now. No, no. What he's trying to do is to lead you to the green pastures of marriage. And if you don't say, Lord, Lord, in your marriage, you won't find the green pastures in your marriage. Man, you're going to have to say, Lord, Lord, in your finances. I wonder why I have more month than money every month. 
Maybe Jesus is not Lord in your money. Amen? Because if he becomes Lord in your money, you do what he tells you to do with your what? Man, I'm preaching good. There are certain areas in your life where Jesus is not Lord. Okay, let's face it. There are certain areas where you, you know, get off the steering. I'll take care of this, Jesus. Man, you're going to have to change it if you want to find the green pastures of those areas. You're going to have to be completely submitted. Because he said, don't call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you. It's an oxymoron. Opposites. It doesn't work together. The minute you call me uh, a Lord, you're going to have to do what I tell you. Next verse. Watch what happens. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and... I didn't hear that. (laughs) Man, just hearing alone is not going to help you. Whoever comes to me, hears what I say and do it. I will show you whom he's like. In fact, that's what faith is. Faith is hearing, believing in your heart, and watch this, doing it. Man, if someone walked into this place so frail... And, you know, they look sickly and everybody can see, man, this person is sick. And we call one of our doctors here to go and, you know, look at them, do a prognosis, comes back to us, says, pastors, there's nothing wrong with this man. This man, all they need is food. And then we call, you know, one of the uh, ladies that own a restaurant here, they go and get some food, bring it over here. Man, that table is filled with all the goodies you can think of. And bring it over here and we ask them, Man, do you believe if you eat this food, you'll live? And they say, man, pastor, I believe if I eat this food, I'll live. I believe the words you are saying. And the doctor says, man, they're going to have to eat within 30 minutes. Because if they don't, they're going to die. 25 minutes. Do you believe that if you eat this food, you're going to live? Pastor, I'm not stupid. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that if I eat this food, I'll live. Hallelujah. And they get a goosebump. Oh, Shanda Mashekere. The food is there. 29 minutes, 58 seconds, 59, 30 minutes, and they drop down and die. Question Was what they were saying correct or wrong? How come they didn't leave? That's it. Now, we know how to say all the right things. But the real question is do we know how to act on all the right things? Because whoever hears my sayings and does them. Next verse. Man, you want to make him the good shepherd? You're going to have to do what he tells you. You're going to have to follow after his leading. Give it to me in the message Bible. It gets really interesting. Verse 48. If you work the words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his heart on bedrock. When the river burst its banks and crashed against the house. I want you to see that word, when. Did you see it? It didn't say if. You know what that means? That means your faith is going to be challenged. It didn't say if. It says when. So when your faith gets challenged, the question is, what are you standing on? It says when the... A river burst its banks and crashed against the house. Nothing could shake it. It was built to last. If you just use my words in what? Bible studies and don't work them into your life. Listen, if all you do is talk, you will be found out. 
I've been a Christian 20 years, man. But your life don't look like you've been following the words of Jesus for 20 years. You're going to have to start, man, I'm telling you, if you don't, the rivers are bursting its banks. And you'll fall apart like a $2 suitcase. I think Andrew says that. But if you use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a what? I didn't hear that. And he says you're like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the what? Because no one cares about the foundation, right? It's like, man, who cares about No one sees the foundation. Even when I was looking at, you know, the new uh, Four Ways Mall, how it's going to look like, if you go on Google and type Four Ways Precinct, they don't even show us the foundation. But the first thing they did when they got there was to bring all these excavators, all the expensive machinery to work on the foundation. And while they were working on the foundation, they even had to close it off because, man, it looks messy. It looks ugly. They're going deep first before they go high. He says the man forgot to work on his foundation because he was concerned with what the people see. And watch what happens. When the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a what? House of cards. It was a what? Man, if you want to make Jesus your shepherd, your Lord, you're going to have to start following his words and build on that foundation. Start following him and build on that foundation. Amen? It says in verse 3 of Psalm 23, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Listen, as I make the Lord my shepherd, goodness and mercy is following me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen? Man, I'm telling you, when you make Jesus your shepherd, he'll take care of you. That's the third thing he'll do. You know, shepherds look after sheep. And one of the things that they do is they shear the sheep or shave the sheep because a sheep does not know how to regulate its own temperature. And it's interesting that Jesus didn't, you know, pick a clever animal to use as an analogy for his followers. He could have said the lions of the tribe of Judah, right? He just said, sheep. You know why? Because he doesn't want you to come up with stuff. Sometimes we get too clever. He doesn't want you to come up with stuff. He just wants you to follow. Believers shall lands on the sick, and what will happen to the sick? The sick will recover. Man, he just wants you to follow. He doesn't want you to be clever. But sometimes we're trying to be clever. He said, man, you're a sheep. Just bear as you follow me. <laughs> Amen? Amen? And you know what else he said? He said, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of another they will not follow. There's an ancient story that is told uh, in Israel. Or when the Turkish government came to take over, you know, Israel, they went in there and they were heavily, they were heavily armed. And when they went in there, you know, the shepherds, were no match, so they ran away into the mountains. 
And it, the story says in the night, the shepherds started calling for the sheep. And the armed forces were no match for the sheep responding to the voice of their shepherds. They all started running towards the voice. And the armed forces could not stop them. Let me tell you, when you start responding to the words of the shepherd, nothing can stop you. No one can stop you. Don't try to be clever. Just follow after his words. Amen? I said, amen. So he shears, he, he shaves, uh, because that thing can't regulate its temperature. And, you know, and when the wool grows uh, so much, it, you know, bugs can grow in there and so on and so on. So they shave and, you know, kind of prune that thing uh, every once, a, once every year. And similarly, Jesus talks about pruning in John chapter number 15, verse 1. Let's go and check it out. How this shearing process takes place. John chapter number 15 verse 1. If you have it, you can say I have it. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Next verse. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he what? He prunes. And the reason he prunes is so that it may you know, growing up, you know, my pastor, old pastor, God bless his soul, he used to talk about pruning this way. He used to say, man, when God prunes you, you bring to you a desert, a wilderness experience. You know, you put a sickness on you, that thorn in your flesh. It's a pruning process. Embrace it and, you know, live in it. And he was saying, you know, God brings all kinds of problems to prune you. But that's not what the Bible says. You should have kept reading. Watch what happens in the next verse. You know, sometimes you don't even need to preach. All you need to do is keep reading. You don't need to be clever. Remember, we are sheep. Just keep reading. Watch what it says. You are already pruned or cleaned because of what? I didn't hear that. He didn't say because of an experience. He says what prunes you is the word. In other words, position yourself in a place where you are ready to make word adjustments. Laying aside all filthiness and all superfluity of naughtiness, but receive with meekness, with a teachable spirit. Receive with a teachable spirit the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. James 1.21 When you position yourself to say, Lord... Whatever you say, I'll do. You are positioning yourself to be teachable. And the word of God will begin to direct your steps. That is called a pruning process. And when you are pruned, you will begin to bear much fruit. Amen? Amen? So the good shepherd will shear you. He will clean you. Let us go now back to uh, John chapter number 10. As we conclude, John chapter number 10, verse 15. In fact, I want to read from verse 12. He says, but a hireling, he who is not a shepherd. Jesus is not a hireling, amen? amen. <laughs> He's the true shepherd. One who does not own the sheep. Jesus owns the sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. 
sees the wolves coming and leaves the sheep and flees. Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's the good shepherd. Amen? Amen. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees, but he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us so that we could live a life of provision. That's what he's talking about, a good shepherd. He begins to lead you in green pastures. God wants you to prosper in every area of your life. God wants you to prosper financially as well. It's not a sin to do well financially. In fact, it does not glorify God when you can't answer your phone because you don't know who it is. It might be those people looking for their money. It doesn't glorify God when you have to wake up the whole neighborhood. This is how I grew up, man. We had to wake up the whole neighborhood to get a push start so we can go to school. It doesn't glorify God. Man, God wants you blessed. He wants you to be prospered. But you're going to have to start making him L-O-R-D, Lord. Listen to what he says. And as he walks in front of you, just follow him, and he will lead you to where the green pastures are. Let him lead you. God can take care of you better than you can take care of yourself. And I'm glad he compared us to sheep, man. It doesn't mean we have to hunt. If it was a lion, you would have to hunt. But he says, you are the sheep of my pasture. And oh, he will find the pasture for you and protect you while you are enjoying the pasture. Amen. Remember what he says in Malachi chapter number 3, the devourers will not have access to your pasture. Because he will protect you while you are enjoying the pasture. And he will make you to lie down next to the still waters. Not the rushing waters that you may be swept away. Still waters. You can drink and thirst. Your, 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 you can quench your thirst because Jesus has led you to the still waters. Why don't you stand on your feet? Is that good? Thank you, Jesus. He's the good shepherd. Next week, we're going to be talking about Jesus saying, I am the resurrection life. Because he is the resurrection life. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that as we discover who Jesus the Christ is, that we fully embrace him. That we fully make him Lord of all the areas of our lives. As he leads us into the green pastures, the greener pastures. Father, we thank you that goodness and mercy will follow all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, we thank you for preparing a table. A table for us. Lord, we thank you that you are the one who does the preparation. You are the one who's already done everything. The finished work of the cross for our provision. All we have to do is by faith follow you. Take steps of faith and follow you to where you tell us to go.
Father, we thank you and we surrender this morning with total obedience to every word that you speak of our lives. Total obedience, not half-hearted obedience, but a complete surrender. As you lead, we'll follow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we are cleansed by your word. Thank you that we are all provided for. Every heart under the sound of my voice is sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Lead, guide, and direct us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Make every crooked path straight. Every high place is brought low, and every highly is made flat. Thank you that we have protection in you. You are our refuge. The righteous run into Jesus, and they are safe. We thank you for divine healing right now. Everybody that's under the sound of my voice, that is in pain, sickness, is not functioning well. We release divine healing right now. In the name of Jesus. Every mind that is vexed and tormented by the challenges of this world, we release the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. That perfect peace. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for leading us in ministry. You are the good shepherd in this church. Therefore, we shall not want. All our bills are paid for. Our building is already provided for. As we lead, as we, as we follow, you lead us to the place of the green pastures. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you and we give you praise in the mighty, matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have prayed and everyone said, Amen and Amen. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. Greet three or thirty people and tell them you love them.